We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. I was actually watching the review of a, of a camera today. I think it's a... Is Wowie or something? Yeah, they're, they're pronounced so different to how they're spelt. Um, the Mate 20 Pro, you know, and how that could have, in 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 if in its field of view, it has an object at the at the rear, and you can actually select that object at the rear to be the object of your photography, and it blurs the object in front. Yes, I was watching it today. It blurs the object in front and highlights. The object behind puts it in focus and blurs everything around it. But normally it's easier to highlight the one in front and then blur the ones around it. You know, and for me, just, just seeing that, seeing it being able to blur an object at the rear, at, at, in front and, and focus on the object at the rear just brought Afrointers more into view for me. So life throws things in your field of view but somehow you're able to go past all of it and still grasp that one for which you have been apprehended. And that that blew my mind. And that's the whole series preached already. So you're looking at something, but so intently that it is the only thing you see, even if there are other things in your path. But you see, English will say looking. And you will just go, yeah, Looking, as, as though to see. But the word used there, like I showed you yesterday, how the word used for thanks be is the word charis, which is the word translated grace. But when we say be thankful, it's a different word, eucharistio, which means to be grateful. So thanks be to God, thanks be to God indicates that it comes from him. It springs from him. It's a celebration of the virtue of God. Thanks be is not, I'm just being grateful to God who leads us in triumph. Thanks be is, we are acknowledging the grace of God, the goodness of God, the fitness of God for purpose by which he causes us to triumph. That virtue comes from him. So we're celebrating him as opposed to just being grateful for him leading us in triumph. So it means that the leading us in triumph comes out of the virtue of God's goodness. Do you understand? And that's why all of a sudden a word that means grace suddenly it's translated thanks because it's the virtue of God. Same word, charis. You see it in that scripture, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14. You see it in Romans 6.17. You see it in, in, and in, in, especially in Romans 6, it's very interesting because Romans 6 has the word grace used a lot. And you're seeing grace, grace, charis, grace, charis, grace, charis. Now, thanks be to God. Now, charis be to God. Same word. You see it in Romans 7. You see it in, 1 Corinthians 15, different from when he says be thankful. But English will tell you, thankful. That's why I like to dig into the original language in which something was written. It gives more understanding. You know? So Afrorontes is not just looking, it's looking so intently that it's the only thing you see. Then songs like Let All the Other Names Fade Away begin to matter until there's only you. 
So in, in other words, what it means is that life will not hand you focus on a gold platter. Do you understand? Life will not hand focus to you because you deserve it. It's something you're going to have to contend for. Earnestly. Focus is a discipline. It's a discipline. Otherwise, if you point that, and, and that's why sometimes I have issues editing some of the photos that you guys snap, because they are so noisy. In photography, your, your, your object-to-noise ratio must be higher at every point in time. So when you're framing a shot, it's important that you're also cognizant of the surrounding of the object of your shot. Do you understand? So I want to take a photo of Sema, and I point the camera at Sema, and as long as Sema is in the shot, those of you from here can see, and Sema is looking. Yeah? And I snap her. Or so I think. But did I snap her, or did I get everybody surrounding her? Or do I come and isolate her until she is all I see? Let me take this off. Until she's all I see, even though she's not the only person in view. And I have Sean and Glory, and I want just Glory. And there is glory, even though there is Sean right next to her. So most times we take photographs and we just snap. Because you wanted to snap something does not mean that you got it by itself. Does that make sense? The fact that you wanted to snap something doesn't mean you got it. Well, you got it, but you got that thing with 10 other things you did not need. And so we now try to apply photographic principles like cropping. Like background changing. Like background blurring. And at the point you're doing that, it begins to compromise the quality of your object. I'm already teaching. It begins to compromise the quality of your object. So as you try and suck it out, sometimes you see very, very badly done cropping. Where somebody's ear is not quite. Same thing applies in, in video, in chroma keying. So the amount of deliberateness you pay to your object influences the quality of what you catch in your field of view. Does that make sense? That's why it's important, like I said last week, that it's important that what you see and it's important how you see what you see. And we don't teach this in church. It's important what you see. It's important how you see what you see. Because life will not hand you focus on a platter. The fact that I want to snap someone doesn't mean someone will just be there in my field of view. I'm going to have to go out of my way to avoid everything else that has the potential to compromise that shot in taking that shot. Or I walk away from the shot. So I'd rather have 110 deliberately framed pictures than have 400 pictures in which I cannot identify the object from the background. I'd rather have a hundred deliberately framed photos than have 450 photos where by the time we crop, crop the photo, the object, we are pixelating it because as you're zooming in and making the object bigger, you're pixelating it, you're causing a lot more noise 
to come into the object and it's not as clear as it should have been. So you look at the person and you can't appreciate them. They look a bit more distorted in the photo than they would do in real life. You know, but some of you don't, it doesn't matter, you just load up all the pictures. Or 30 of them, depending on who you are. <laughs> depending on who you are and, and what time of the week, you know, and how you're feeling. But, Selah. Um, and, and so the quality of what we capture is affected by our framing. What's in our field of view? Is this practical enough for you to understand? Yeah? I like to paint pictures where the Lord helps me to. And so as believers, our call is to see Christ and therefore to be Christ. It, it behooves us to ensure that he's all that's in our field of view. And not that we are trying to force him to be the only one in our field of view, but we are conscious about framing him in our field of view. Do you understand what I just said? So it's not like we captured Jesus with everything. And then are now trying to now fit Jesus into the frame. The quality of what you see is compromised. But is that in your framing of Jesus, you are conscious that what you are trying to capture is Jesus. And that determines how you frame. Determines what lens you use. A zoom lens, fixed aperture, variable aperture, a prime lens a telephoto lens, a telescopic lens, a fisheye lens. How, what, because if I was going to take Sema a photograph from 30 meters away, I would require a different lens than if I was going to take a photo of her from 200 meters away. Yes. Yes. I, I, I'm trying to be practical with this thing. Do you understand? So depending on where I am in my, in my proximity to the object, and my intention for the capturing of the object, that informs what equipment I will use. Is, is, am I snapping against the sun? Am I snapping towards the sun? Am I trying to eliminate shadows? Am I trying to put the shadows on the back, on the side, or on the rear? Am I wanting to take a landscape photo or a portrait photo? Is the photo going onto a billboard, in which case my resolution should be the maximum I can get? Or is it just on a mobile phone, I'm fine? So somebody tells you, send a photo for your, for, for your flyer. You now send the photo you took on your, on your Infinix. Uh, and they put it on the thing and blow it out and it's pixelated. You say, this is not the picture I sent to you. <laughs> Tega, have you encountered something like that in your office? You have? Yeah. Because somebody just, I know, on my phone, this this picture was clean and bright. They put you on a t-shirt and it looks disjointed because the resolution is not fit for purpose. Does that make sense? It's not fit for purpose. If you're going to do a flyer and you're sending a photo that is kilobytes, you really have a problem. The photo you want us to use is kilobytes. Yeah? 200 kilo, kilobytes. It's up to one megabyte. Even on your phone, if you, if you stretch it, it will pixelate. You're, you're, talking, you're, you're looking 9, 10, 15. There are photographs I take in raw format that are 30 megabytes large. One photo. One photo. 30 megabytes large. So you can stretch it across 250 inches and it doesn't pixelate. 
But that cannot be done as an afterthought. Are you following me? Yes. Can't be done as an afterthought. We must be conscious about our framing. And therefore conscious how we deploy resources to achieve what is in our field of view. Our frontiers. Eyes on the prize. So just before you click and convince yourself, I have it, I have it, I can see him. How have you framed him? Through which eyes do you see him? What else is in the field of view? Eyes on the prize. So he is our greatest pursuit. Our only pursuit, actually. We have him, I said last week, but we are on a journey to him being fully formed in us. Remember that? Being fully formed in us. We looked at a few scriptures that established for us that our field of view should contain only Christ. Only Christ. Only Christ. And that way you're not spending so much time cropping. It's important how we see. It therefore matters that we are able to deploy the spirit of wisdom and knowledge in the revelation of him, which is what Paul prayed that the, the Ephesian church should have. Remember, Ephesians 1, 17, 18, all the way down. We're able to deploy that knowledge of God in Christ to identify at all times Holy Spirit, help me with this. So we, 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 we are seeing Christ. But you know, really, what we are seeing is not Christ as a figure. What we are seeing is Christ as expressed in every facet of our lives. In other words, I will look at something and see my job. And in my job, be able to identify the Christ factor. Do you understand? You will not see Christ in a white, I'll come there. You won't see, look so intently and see Christ in a white robe. Flowing, saying, here I am, my child. You see me now? Come to me. Come to me. Do we understand that? You will not see that. You might not even hear voices. I had a loud voice spoke to me. I heard it clearly. It's good for you. It's, it's beautiful. But you know, the depth of hearing God is when there are no, no audible words. Because it's on your inside. You hear God better by knowing Him than you hear Him by looking for a voice. <laughs> you hear him better by knowing him, epignosis, than you do by waiting to hear an audible voice. Because uh, you might not hear an audible voice. And yet he has been speaking to you in volumes. And you heard him not. Because you couldn't frame your view. Is this helping anybody? So you're looking, oh Lord, show me you. Show me you. Show me your glory. You don't know what his glory looks like. If you did, you would not be praying such a stupid prayer. 
Because you realize that you are that glory you are praying for him to show you. You're the glory. Show me your glory. The weight of your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your power. Show me your power. As in the days of old, my brother. So you will not look at this screen and look at this screen until you not see one Christ with long gray or pink or yellow hair. Say, yes. Adam, my Adam. (laughs) I am he who thou hast looking for. And you'll be like, why can't I see it? Is that not what Saul saw on the road to, to Damascus? I want to see it. And that's why you cannot build your walk with God based on such encounters. Father, I'm in this room today. I must see an angel. People have been saying that they have seen angels. Father, I must see my angel today. He will die there. (laughs) Or a familiar spirit will appear to you. And you will not write a book and record tape and tell us you saw an angel. And nobody can convince you otherwise. Because you saw an angel. That's why I've warned my own people. Mm-hmm. Be careful how you accept a testimony of somebody that went to heaven and hell. And that is me putting it mildly. That's me putting it gently. Because if I was not putting it gently, gently, I would say it differently. But, but be careful. I went to heaven. He went to hell. They never come back with good news. Ever. They, if, they, if the journey was six days long, they spent five days, 23 hours and 55 minutes in hell. They just passed through heaven on their way out. They didn't see anybody who was in heaven. It's only the people in hell they see. So you cannot build the revelation of God on an encounter. Encounter is not doctrine. Is anybody hear what I'm saying? Encounter is not doctrine. Even if you had an encounter, keep it to yourself. We don't have to encounter your encounter. I'm serious. I sat in a place, and when I sat there, the Lord appeared to me. Therefore, if you want to hear God appear to you, sit there. You're an antichrist. I'm not, I might not dispute that God appeared to you, but he did not intend to be patterned. Yes, yes, sir. Don't forget that. So how we see is crucial, people. Not just what we see, but how we see. So you will not see Christ appearing. Oh, I saw him bleeding. He's no longer bleeding, no. It's not bleeding. I saw the cross. The cross was saying, come on to me. It's a lie. There's no cross anymore. Hey. There's no cross anymore. Otherwise, it cannot be called a finished work. Praying for him to draw you to the cross. Which cross? I'm, me, I'm past the cross. I'm not even in the cross. I'm in the reward of the cross. Yes. I'm past. 
past the cross, not trying to get to the cross. They looked towards the cross. We look back at the cross. And it influences how we go from here. The cross is no longer an aspiration. It's a reality that we have. You're looking to take me to the cross. To thy precious bleeding side. No, sir. There's no precious bleeding side nowhere. Dominiara, nearer blessed Lord. To the, to the cross where thou hast died. And then you'll be crying. Strong men like Stephen. <laughs> blessed Lord, precious bleeding. It's not bleeding. Don't you read your Bible, people? Please check it. Thomas said he would not believe until yes. he saw Jesus. Jesus appeared. Thomas put his hand in Jesus' side, and there was no blood. He stuck his hand in the side, and it wasn't bleeding. He put his hand in the nails. By the way, his nails were not here. They were here. Because he had to, he had to hold a bone to hold him to the cross. So he could hold his frame to the cross. And Thomas puts his fingers there to ascertain that it's, and there's no blood. Every drop was shed. Every drop was shed. It's no bleeding side. Yes, apparently. <laughs> that's, that's why we can see some blood to use to do some things. <laughs> that's why we can use. Because there's no other way we can have supply of blood. <laughs> Except that he's still hemorrhaging blood like the woman with the issue of blood. The savior with the issue of blood. That's what it means. And you guess what? If, you have, if your savior has an issue of blood, he's unclean. And he's not my savior. He's unclean. He needs Jesus, your savior. So it's important how we see what we see. Some people see Jesus as just the way to become a Christian. End of. End of. No, in heaven, they don't even see Jesus. Oh. They see God, the mercy of God. The mercy of God. The mercy of God, the holiness of God. The repentance of God. Most people chasing after righteousness and holiness and repentance don't see Jesus. Yes. Think about it, religion. They are chasing righteousness. They, are, they want to be holy. You will hardly hear a holiness preacher preach Christ. What a paradox. They preach works. So we're not preaching righteousness. Oh, be righteous, be righteous, be righteous without Christ in view. For such people, Christ was only the access into the kingdom. So they see him differently. For other people, Christ is just the signature at the end of their prayer. In Jesus' name. Oh, let's give it some more credence. In Jesus' precious name. Jesus' much less name. Jesus' holy name. Jesus' wonderful name. Jesus' magnificent name. Jesus' just a signature. That's the only time you remember the name is much less. Only time. 
You can pray all and you have no recourse to the name of Jesus until when you want to sign it at the end. Yours faithfully, Jesus. So it's not just what you see, it's how you see what you see. So as we proceed, it's important to identify those distractions so when you're framing your field of view, you can see like them that said, we see Jesus. Not Jesus at all. Do you understand? Not Jesus and others. So by the time you are conscious of what you're seeing, like you saw me moving about here, you begin to reposition yourself in respect of what is in your field of view. Because what you are trying to capture will not reposition itself for you. Yes. See, Jesus is constant. Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God is not variable. All good and perfect gifts come from above, from the Father of light, in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. So God is God. There's no new improved version of God. None. And if Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead, then Jesus is Jesus. He's not going to become less Jesus or more Jesus. I'm going to have to see more of this Jesus. Or I might stand the chance of seeing less of this Jesus. It doesn't reduce Jesus or increase him. So you can't be praying for more of him. No, you be more of him. Praying for more of him as though it's him that needs to give you some more. Is, is, is this helping anybody? Like it's Jesus that needs to add more Jesus to you. You have 30% of Jesus. Now you need to top up. So we do organized program. We pray prayers. More of you. No, no, you, the more is you that ought to take it. It's there. It's constant. But if you're praying for more, it means right now, what's your name, sir, in front of me? Benjamin, right? I, 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 I can see favor, but I can see just a bit of her left eye. I can't be telling favor, give me more of you. Because favor is there fully. And she's right there. Is anybody hear what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, I need to see favor. Oh, favor, give me more of you. More of you, favor. The more I see you, the more I want to see you. And favor is saying, but see me now. But the Africans that we are, we want to be spoon-fed. Favor should leave where she is and come and enter your eye. Because of finished work. So you think it absorbs you of responsibility. And so to see favor to the volume that I need to see half my field of view, I need to probably reposition myself. And as I'm repositioning myself, a lot more of high is coming into view. So where are you standing to see? Where are you standing to see? 
Because depending on where you are standing, your sight is hampered or enhanced by where you're standing. If I see favor from the point of Benjamin, I will see a lot of Benjamin in trying to see favor. And Benjamin might be cool. His 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 haircut, I like the thingy on the side. He has the hair in the front that I don't have. You know what I mean? And he has nicely crafted ears. You know, mine are, are kind of droopy. Yeah, see? He's showing you. Yeah, yeah. Nice antenna ears, you know, ready to hear what the Lord is saying. And, and, and right now, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping over Benjamin. You know, and he has nice little doll eyes that seem to say a lot more than what he would say in words. And I'm loving on Benjamin and I've totally forgotten that his favor is in my field of view. And so I sit down, I begin, to have, I begin to have conversations with Benjamin. Where have you been? How come I haven't noticed you all this while? What's up with you? And, and, and I've lost sight of favor. Jesus never moves. It's constant. It's always there. Always there. But what is impairing your sight? And don't blame it on him. We see Jesus. The author and the perfecter of our faith. I, 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 I got to see him. And I have what it takes to see him. Do you understand? I'm equipped with every lens I need to see him. If I need a prime lens, I got it. But no matter how good my prime lens is, if Benjamin is in my field of view, I will not see favor. Zoom all I want. I'm just bringing in more of the distraction. Rakopa malito kizupalata majita ko Benjamin elumbra maito elikata papa favor limano isungi mar kaya Benjamin is laughing. Jesus, Jesus, akita. You open your eyes. You are still seeing Benjamin. You got to get up and stop doing something you're doing or start doing something you're not doing. And it's not works. It's a response to grace. It's not works. You got to get up. Start doing something. Reposition yourself. Get rid of distractions. Get rid of them. Eliminate the distractions. You can't see Christ from the point of view of your job. It will impair what you see. You're going to have to learn to see your job from the point of view of Christ. Because once you see Christ, he becomes the lens through which you see life. It's not that you're trying to lose something to see Christ. Is that you begin to see everything through Christ. Do you understand? It's crucial. You begin to see everything through Christ. Not trying to see Christ through everything. You see your job through him. You see sex through him. You see food through him. You see money through him. You see your job through him. You see your relationship through him. Discipleship through him. Business through him. Because you see him. 
And one of those distractions that can becloud your field of view is the distraction of frivolity. Frivolity. And frivolity basically, simply put, is anything that is not as serious. Do you understand? Anything that is not as serious. Anything that doesn't matter. Anything that doesn't count. It's a frivolity. Now, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, then a vast majority of what we are concerned about falls in that category. If we're going to be honest. How much clothes can you wear? How much? You want to sit out. So for some of you, seven days a week are not, especially in Calabar, seven days a week are not enough for you to sit out. You can sit out 10 days in a week. <laughs> Just I wrote something here. Something frivolous can be taken seriously. And something serious can be taken frivolously. Something frivolous or frivolous. <laughs> Depend on your English teacher. Something frivolous can be taken seriously. Something serious can be relegated to frivolity. You written that down? Romans 13. Is this helping anybody? You know, even ourselves, by the time we see Christ the way we ought to see him, then we start to see ourselves the way he sees us. So a lot of our self-worth is tied in how much or how well we see him. Somebody will tell you, you know the word shalom is translated peace, but the word shalom means complete and perfect, nothing missing, nothing broken. The word shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That's the translation of that word. And when he says he's our peace, come on guys. He's our nothing missing. He's our nothing broken. He's our completion. He's our perfection. That's what the word peace means. That's why he said, peace I give to you. My peace I live with you. Not as the world. The world cannot give you this. The world cannot tell you you're, you're not broken. Or you're not missing. Only I can. And I gave it to you while I was with you in bodily form. I put it in you in spirit form. Because the fruit of the spirit. Yes, yes, yes. Love, joy. Jesus. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. It's the fruit of the spirit. I feel incomplete. I feel empty. Charlie, be filled with the spirit. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's probably just received something. You can't, you can't be spirit filled and be empty. How? How? I feel, I feel empty. There's a, there's a vacuum. And by the time, especially by the time a lady starts to say that, she's gone. 
Because brothers know how to harvest vacuum. I'm being blunt with you. The moment you are saying, oh, there's a vacuum, there's a longing in my heart, there's a brother who is positioned and programmed to attempt to show you that he's the vacuum filler. When he's through with you, you realize he's a vacuum expander. Are the young ladies listening to me? I just explained to you, the average human being is positioned to exploit weaknesses. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. It's like I feel empty. There's this emptiness. That's when suggestions begin to come. There's this deal. If you're a guy. There's this place. There's this business. This opportunity. And by the time you're done, you're worse off. Why? You believed a lie that you were empty. Because it's a lie. It's a lie. So you see yourself more comprehensively when you fix how well you see Christ. You can't see him right and see yourself wrong. Hello? You can't. Romans 13. 11 to 14. I'll read in the New King James and I'll have someone read in the message. Or I'll just cue that already so that I have that for the purpose of the recording. Afrorontes eyes on the prize. Romans 13, 11 to 14. I will read the New King James and then I will read the message. Romans 13. And do this, New King James, knowing the time that now is the high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation, and that salvation there is not the saving of your souls from sin. Okay? That's the translation of our bodies from corruptible to incorruptible. It's nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore... Let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly. Can somebody say properly? properly. Let us walk how? Properly. Other translations say decently. As in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. See 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So you are completing him, Colossians 2.10, Christ in you, the hope of glory, and you're coming into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and here you're being told to put on the Lord Jesus. So you are in the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus is in you, but you have to wear him. Christ on display. It's not speak out the Lord Jesus. Quote out the Lord Jesus. Wear the Lord Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus. 
They can't miss it. They can't miss it. Put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh. Here is how the message puts it. But make sure, verse 11, that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of the time and dose of oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. Must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence. In sleeping around and dissipation. In bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ. Be up and about. Dress yourselves up in Christ. You can't be bickering. This one is fighting that one. That one is not happy with the other one. That one did not like what that one did. That one did not like what that one said. Charlie, you're not seeing clearly. You are seeing, you are seeing Benjamin in your effort to see favor. If you're doing all of that, then you ought to reposition yourself. Because something has taken over your field of view. If you are, if you are material driven, I want to have a new Gucci bag. I want to have a new Dolce and Gabbana. I want to have the new one by Prada. You want to have. But you get laden with self-inflicted pressures that you make what is not serious, serious. And you cheapen what is serious. I'm not a big fan of books and all that stuff, but a lot can be said for you if you have a 60,000 Naira phone and not have a decent Bible. Now, I don't glorify Bible. You know me. Yeah. Hey, the word of God, blood of Jesus. You have just desecrated the Holy Bible. It's just a book. Just a book. Father, forgive me. How can I take the word of God? In? It's a book. Until this downloads into your heart through the Holy Spirit so you can see Jesus, the word. You're deceiving yourself. That's why David didn't say that word. Have I hidden a book? That word have I hid in my heart? He says, I, I, I delight in your Lord day and night. That's how we read it the way we do. Me, I love to quote God's word though. I, like, I just like, I love the fact that I know the pages of the book and I can see the logos in the pages. Because the logos is not here. Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think in them you find me. This one's graphic, written word, points to the logos. The word made flesh. But a lot can be said for you if you have a proper device. And you don't have a decent Bible that doesn't run out of battery juice. Mm -hmm. 
A Bible that doesn't need generator to work. Yeah. A Bible that doesn't run out of vogue. That cannot be clogged by too little RAM. Yeah. So it's very easy to, to chip in the serious things. And magnify the unserious things. Here is how the word properly in Romans 13, 11. The word is euskemon. E-U-S-C-H-E-M-O-N. The word for properly or decently or honestly, some translations say, right? E-U-S-C-H-E-M-O-N. Euskemon. Use on. And the word means of elegant feature, shapely, graceful, comely, bearing oneself becomingly in speech or behavior in the Greek. So when what Paul said when he said behave properly, he says behave with grace. Did you get that? Yeah. Act gracefully. Talk gracefully. Walk gracefully. Romans 13, 13. Easy to remember. Let us walk shapely. Let us walk comely. Let us walk becomingly in speech or behavior. So we carry Christ. We see Christ. And we're able to focus on him and therefore act as he would on the earth. Hello? People sometimes call you up to pick a fight with you because you're too peaceful. Happens to me a lot. Happened to me today. And then you're trying to not fight and they're trying to wind you up so you can fight because they're not after fighting with you. They're after destroying your testimony. So they can go out and say, which kind of Christian is he? I wound him up and, and he fell. And he got angry and shouted back at me. Happened to me today in my house. So behave becomingly. The word also focuses on the outward manifestation of godliness. Use came up. In other words, when Paul says let us walk properly, he said let us manifest our godliness. Do you understand? So anything that doesn't do that becomes a frivolity. Frivolity. Now we're not saying don't enjoy your liberty. By all means do. But again, your, your liberty should not cause the stumbling of either yourself or another. And if I asked us, how many things reflecting on your life can you identify as a frivolity? I'm sure you will have dozens to answer. Dozens. Dozens. Things that don't matter, but somehow we have been made to believe that they do. Issues that don't matter. Sisters, amen? Amen. Only three answered. Sisters, amen? Amen. Issues that don't matter. I greeted you. You didn't greet me back. You hugged this one. You didn't hug me back. Me too. I've not hung with you a bit, so I will not hug you. I will hug that person. 
Uh, you, you, you came, you, I was talking to Pav. You now push me and hug him. I didn't hug him back. Uh, you wash the plate, eat the thing. You didn't wash the plate. You wash the plate. You didn't clean the sink. You clean the sink. You didn't shine the sink. You shine the sink. Mm. <laughs> You ate this food. It's not, you ate too much. You didn't eat enough. Uh, when you get, came to open the door, you didn't greet me. You didn't smile. I didn't, you know you that will smile back, then I will now smile first. No, I will smile first. No, okay, you, you smile first. I will now smile last. Uh, did Jesus not say, do unto others as you have them do unto yourself? At that point, you are so stupid, you don't realize it. You don't realize it. A photographer is giving a contract. We have something coming up. And he's told to snap mahogany trees. Yeah? Let's use, we're in Calabar, what trees we have here? Staple trees. Okay, fruit trees. Palm, let's use palm. Yeah, we have a lot of palm trees. So take me photos of palm trees in full bloom. Photographer goes out. He has his lens. And then somebody comes in. A vehicle is passing as he's about to snap the tree. The vehicle now comes and then there's traffic or somebody's crossing the road. The photographer now drops the camera and goes to engage the car for standing and get out. What? Can you not see that I'm trying to snap this palm tree? You think I just keep woke up and came out of my house to do nothing? But Oga, it's a free world now. I'm just, can't you see that this other car blocked the road and this person is trying to cross? Is that why, do you know how much is on the line for, what, what, what was serious has now become a frivolity. And what is a frivolity has become serious. Could you have achieved more waiting for the car to go past or change your position and still snap your shot? And you go for weddings and you see people fighting to take pictures. I was at a wedding recently, and his brother was the photographer. Man, I was watching the guy with such admiration. The guy was fully decked up, dressed like a VIP. And then there were dozens of photographers trying to take pictures. And you never saw the guy argue or fight with anybody once. I was watching him. Did you notice? You're, you're sat with me. Not once. I, I was, I was wowed. And he would just go around with his Agbada. He was some Agbada-ish thing. He would just go around and position himself and take his shot. And come around again and go up on the pulpit and stand in the corner and take his shot. And he was the only official photographer of the wedding. Even if he was the unofficial one, it's his brother's wedding for God's sake. Yes. Give me a chance. When I was there going to beg to negotiate the bride price, were you there? Now nah, I want to snap my brother's wedding. You're coming to come out. Shift out of the way. I'm the official. In fact, it's my brother. Nobody should snap this picture. Yeah. By the time you finish that argument, they are finished signing the marriage register. Yeah. <laughs> and you've lost it. And you might be the only one that lost it. Because the troublemakers have learned how to multitask doing trouble. Uh huh. Let me repeat, let yes. me repeat. The troublemakers have mastered the art of doing trouble while doing life. So somehow they can be making trouble with you and still getting ahead with their life. You pause your own life to answer their trouble. 
children of this world in their day are wiser than sons of light. I hope this is helping somebody practically enough. You post your own, you put your own life on pause. You argue, argue. The guy just goes around, he takes his shot. And he was the most equipped photographer of all of them. Top, top guy. And then he comes around and he just goes in, climbs over everybody else, extends his telephone, snaps his thing. No, no, no fuss. And he still gets the best shot of them all. Because you know what happens? Those that came first showed him all the angles he can avoid. And gets his shot right. All the guys who are clamoring to be seen and to be heard have just taught you how to master your craft and get the best shot from a different point of view. So let them do their thing. They want to fight, let them fight. They want to bicker, let them bicker. They want to be seen, let them be seen. They want the attention, let them have the attention. Don't be swayed by frivolity, bickering, little things. You came to word and life. You sat in word and life. Somebody looked at you funny and stole your joy for the whole evening. You're not wearing Christ. You're not wearing Christ. This is as practical as discipleship gets. You're not wearing Christ. Some of you will still finish this meeting this evening in the next 10 minutes. Before you leave here, you will still bicker and pull a face at someone. Right now, after what I'm saying, it's not a prophecy. It's just a sad reality. Because we're not all seen from the same lens. That's what Paul meant when he said, I beseech you that you all be of one mind. One mind. All of you. One mind. You still live and you still hear a, a, a piece of news and your whole life grinds to a halt. We will finish, you will enter the kitchen. Somebody didn't put the pie like this. Somebody put the pie like that. Clambering and falling, bickering. Now on the other aspect, some people are going, thank God I'm not among them. That's why I always come late when the program has started and I leave as soon as you are the, you are the worst devil. I'm telling you. I'm telling you the truth. You know me, I will tell you as it is. Yeah. You're the worst devil. Because you're the one that is most irresponsible. At least we, we are falling over ourselves trying to attain what we have, been at, we have been caught for. You, you are just there. Like the guy with the one talent. I know you're a shrewd man. Reaping where you know so. So I hid your talent here. Come and collect it. It's not, it's not one talent you gave me. Here's your talent. That's why I say a lot of Christians are not believers. We, we, we read these things, we just hear a Bible story. I had a meeting with a woman recently, a woman, a woman from a renowned church in this city. She said, we we're, were speaking and she was having issues and she was arguing with me about some things. And I said, but this is what the word of God says. That's what the word of God says. She said, so is there any other thing that influences your conviction? I said, no. The word of God influences my conviction. She said, no, it's not possible. I said, why? She said, because this Bible is not preached to us for us to practically apply. Yes. Yes. It's not preached to us for us to practically apply. It's just for us to, to know a, a, a good message and know what the Bible says. And I said, right there is your problem. Because I'd rather die 
believing and practicing the truth than live one minute of a lie. Why are you, why are you a Christian? As I say, a lot of us are churched. A lot of us are in church. We preach the word, you go out immediately forgetting what manner of man you are. James said it. Immediately. I told you last week or two weeks ago, your immediately moment matters a lot. But is this helping anybody at all? So they run and they do all their thing and you realize, oh, wow, I can avoid that angle. I can avoid that place. And now I have a vantage point. Imagine Zacchaeus trying to hustle to get to the front of the crowd. He stood no chance. But Zacchaeus had an option to exert the clout of his influence and say, I am Zacchaeus, Accountant General. Auditor General of the Federation. I demand access. I demand access. By the time he gets to the front, as short as he was, just would have been gone. Yes. I've been gone. And all the distraction just enabled him to see a vantage position. Yeah. Climbs the sycamore tree. And because Jesus is looking straight and he cannot but see a man on a tree. Yeah. He cannot but see a man on a tree. Zacchaeus, I see why you got there. Zacchaeus did not say, have mercy on me, a sinner. Zacchaeus did not confess his sins. Hello? He just positioned himself to see and therefore be seen. Come down for today. Salvation has come to your house. That was it. That was it. No struggle. No fight. No bickering. He just cut out the middlemen. Cut out the frivolities. Positioned himself. Just, just saw. Some of you here, you will finish more than life and you, you will still be beefing me, Pav, me, me. I'm serious. You will still be unhappy at me after I just finished pouring out the word of God into you. Continue. I celebrate you. Your case is different. Mm. We finish ministration, finish more sessions and you pull a long face. Which Holy Spirit did you meet in the worship when you were crying? <laughs> which Holy Spirit? Which, which, that's why I said never be carried away by encounters. <laughs> I'd rather come out reflecting Christ then come at an emotional snowball that does not look anything like the Christ I encountered. I'd rather stand on my feet and look like Jesus than lie on the floor, roll, and come up the same man I was. I'd rather stand with my dry eyes and see him and be him than roll on the floor, cry, Holy Spirit. And then you get up from the floor, still stained in the dirt. And you cannot be anything like what you say you saw. You really? You finish there's such a meeting, you say you have a headache. Really? What did you see? Who did you see? I'm no 
not saying that you will not have a headache. I'm saying that you should not see the headache. Do you understand? You shouldn't see it. How much more give it voice? You should look at you and take one swipe at you and know that in you, you are having a bad day. And you, just, you, you encountered the word? Frivolity. Let it go. Tell your neighbor, let it go. Tell the other person, let it go. The distraction of frivolity. Things that don't matter suddenly starting to matter. You heard something. You saw a message. You overheard something. You felt something. You sensed something. You know some of us are sensors. We should be wearing all of Christ. You only manage to wear a vest. You're not properly dressed. You're not decently dressed, as we saw. You come on. Yes? You're not gracefully dressed. I will not go out wearing a vest. I'm wearing one, but that's not all I'm wearing. So my attire is incomplete if all I'm wearing is a vest. Is anybody hearing me? Walk decently, properly. Use scam only. Cut out the distractions. Somebody meets you and wants to cut it out. Grow. See Jesus. Frame him correctly. Some of you now, your physical photography will take a higher leap and bound from today. True or false? Those of you selfie kings and queens, you have learned quite a few things about photography. You know, you can go and apply it, even those of you who do it professionally. I just gave you a free masterclass in photography and videography. Praise God for your life. Carry it now as a physical reality and translate it to a spiritual reality. The way you frame, you know, position yourself. Frame Christ correctly. Paul tells them, you have not so learned Christ. Because what was in their field of view was different from the Christ that they should be seeing. You have not so learned Christ. As you have received him, Colossians 2, 6, therefore, walk in him. How you see him depends on how you receive him. Walk in him, cut out the frivolities. See him as he is. Not as you like. I, I love God, but she can't talk to me like that. I know she's my brother, but, but you can't talk to me like that. I, but I can't take that. No, but, but I believe the word of God, but why, 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 why would they do a thing like that? Why? You're not ready to see him and therefore to be him. Because him, if the fullness of him in us is the prize, then there's no price too big to pay. If the fullness of Christ, attaining the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ is the price, then there's no price too big to pay. If the price is a sister, pay it. Please. If the price is a brother, pay it. If the price is a job, pay it. If the price is an app on your phone, pay it. Because you can candy crush your way through life and attain nothing. Oh, there's nothing wrong with Candy Crush. But there's, to everything, there's a time. You can't be Candy Crushing when there's destiny on the line. 
You candy crush, candy crush, candy crush, candy crush. I, I struggle to find time to read my Bible. You know, it's a habit. Yes. It's a habit. Just carry it and read it. Fall asleep reading it. It's okay. Yes. You're not going to hell. Yes. Is anybody hearing me? Just keep doing it. Do, do keep doing it. You start to pray. You pray. You sleep. It's, it's fine. It's God that gave you that sleep. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. Sleep. It's better to do that than to never attempt to pray because you think that every time you try to pray, you sleep. Sleep. As you are developing by reason of use, you find that your capacity is stretching. You're able to pray more. You're able to read more. Especially when you, listen, the worst thing that can happen to your life is if you don't vocalize your work with God. Honestly, you'll be so depressed. Laugh at yourself when reading the word. Laugh. Close the Bible. Close your eyes. Imagine the scenario and laugh. Put yourself in that picture. Imagine yourself as a fly on the wall. And laugh. Enjoy it. Speak it out loud. That way you knock out the presumed boredom out of your work with God. He wants to fellowship with you. He's not looking for servants. Servant of God. Shide of God. No, he, he, it's relationship. Father, I know I am not worthy. Don't abuse the cross. You're not worthy. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? It's relationship. Apply yourself to it. Oh, I, don't, I cannot quote many scriptures. Start today. Start today. There's nothing wrong with it. Is this helping anybody tonight? Grow. Open your mouth. Speak. Read the Bible out loud. That way when we call you to read, you will not be stammering. Because you don't know how to pronounce lasciviousness. I'm being honest with you. I've been around a long time. So if you are afraid of reading because you come across words in your Bible, you don't come across any, any other book. And you have not opened your mouth to, to say it out loud. You are afraid. So you rather not read. Lestivicus. <laughs> Tell you right now, open your Bible to Zedekiah chapter 2 verse 4. You open that you want to find Zedekiah in your Bible. Mm. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. It might be a bit oversized. So don't, don't take it off. You're going to it. Don't be, you'll be laughed at. Look at you, just oversize you're wearing. Check me out in a few days. As I'm eating, I'm expanding. It's, it's, it's fitting me more. It's fitting you. Avoid frivolities. Amen? Avoid frivolities. Keep your eyes on the prize. Can we celebrate Jesus tonight? (laughs) 
This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.